Writing Matters with Dr. Troy Hicks is a writable podcast. Find more episodes and subscribe on your favorite platforms. And if you want to learn how to grow great writers, check out writable.com. In this episode, Troy speaks with Carol Jago, an English teacher of 32 years, celebrated author, associate director of the California Reading and Literature Project at UCLA, and former president of the National Council of Teachers of English. I found their conversation really inspiring. I hope you do too. Welcome to the next episode of our podcast series. Today we are speaking with an English teacher extraordinaire, Carol Jago, who I have a great deal of admiration for, for all the work that you've done inside and outside the classroom. How are you today? I'm great, Troy. Happy to be here. Great. Thanks so much. So uh, for those of us who may not be familiar with your work, can you give us a quick picture of uh, where you're at in your career as an educator and kind of what day-to-day life looks like for you right now? After 32 years teaching middle and high school students, uh, largely teaching them about writing, uh, I now, after uh, serving as president of the National Council of Teachers of English, now I travel around the country working with teachers. I also do a whole lot of writing uh, because anymore that that's what is needed. That's what people are looking for. They, they, they want more avenues to think about their own professional growth. Yes, and you are definitely the model of a teacher writer that uh, many of us can aspire to. So as you know, we uh, could talk for quite a long time kind of about philosophy and pedagogy and all, all the theory about teaching writing, but let's just get right to it. So as you think about a, a go-to strategy, as you think about something that works really well with uh, your students in your classroom, what is it? What is the strategy that, that you are finding to be most compelling right now? The instructional move that I believe is most essential for, for students is to help them begin to be able to evaluate their own writing so that they're less dependent upon me. And one way I've done this, and again, uh, remember all of my teaching was in California where class size is 36, 37, 42. Uh, So I would have students with their own drafts on, on their desks and walk them through things to look for in their own writing. Everybody take a look at your first sentence. Does it compel a reader's interest? No, they just write in the margin there, need a better first sentence. Things like this, trying to help them develop those habits of mind that a writer brings to their their own work. If, If my teaching results in 36 young writers depending on me, let alone the next 36 that are gonna come in next period, I haven't done my job. And unfortunately, I think a lot of our practices as teachers, you know, all the the red pen work, all the correcting that we do of student papers actually encourages students to think that way. I've had so many kids just hand me a paper, say, Ms. Jago, just show me what to do and I'll fix it. Well, that's, that's not our goal, really. Yeah, so that is really interesting. So you would walk them through the process of 
interrogating these texts and thinking about what makes a good move as a writer so they could see it in their, their classmates' writing, but then also think about how to internalize that and use it in their own writing. Yes, very simple things like telling them to put a slash mark every place there's end punctuation, and then just to eyeball their, their page or the, 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 their screen to say, are all the sentences three, three words long? Are all the sentences six lines long? Ah, you need more sentence variety. See, I'm, I'm always trying to let them make those decisions about their, their, their own writing instead of my making those decisions for them. That's wonderful. And so I can definitely see how that would work on paper. And I'm just curious, did you have any technology tips or ways that you might have them do that with say a Word document or Google Docs? Would they use highlighting or line breaks or anything along those lines to uh, do those kinds of revision moves? You know, um, word processing changed the whole nature of, uh, of what it means to, to be a, a, a writer. And I think that that embrace helping students embrace that instead of taking the very same mindset that they brought to i don't want to change this because then i got to copy the whole thing over uh sometimes there's students who, who who actually feel the same way about uh something that they can just cut and paste save that for later and uh you, you know just again walking them through uh is there a paragraph that just doesn't fit, but you really like it? Okay, just cut and paste it and put it over here. So, so again, just very informal ways of showing them how flexible uh, a word processing system is for, for, for writing. Fantastic. So building off those wonderful strategies, then how uh, would you go about the process of providing feedback to your students? And it sounds like you had a very feedback rich uh, experience for them giving comments to one another. Um, what would you do as a teacher in order to provide feedback uh, to your students and, and what would you focus on? The very best way to offer feedback is face to face, eyeball to eyeball. And I know how hard that can be to schedule in, in a classroom with, with many students. But if we just do the math of how many minutes you could spend at home on a student paper, marking it, writing on that paper, versus spending even five minutes with a, with a student in, in, a, in a, you know, side by side, uh, it's much, much, much more powerful because sometimes what students really need is to talk about their own paper. So, so I also want to be clear, a writing conference is, you know, all the gurus of writing conferences will tell you, isn't about my telling the student what to do, but about mm -hmm. providing an opportunity for the student to reflect on their own writing. And I've had this happen in, in my own experience. Nothing I write ever um, goes public and goes anywhere without my husband seeing it. And sometimes I'll, I'll ask him to, I'll email him something that I've written. And I can see this quizzical look on his, his face. And he'll say, Carol, just, I, before I do anything here, tell me what you're trying to say. And that's the kind, what I mean when I talk about sitting down with students and helping, giving them feedback that can really help 
them help themselves as writers. That's fantastic. So do you have a particular uh, question or, or at least a line of questions that you might approach a student to begin that conversation, to open up the conference and, and be able to get to the heart of that feedback process? Is there, is there a way that you like to approach students in the conference, I guess is a, a way I would phrase that. I, you know, in, in the same way that many of us learned when writing on student papers, writing comments to start out with something positive, I think the same is true in, in a writing conference. That you start out either pointing out or asking a student, what, what, what do you really like about the, this piece? What, what, what's, what's an aspect of it? Where's an area that you, you think accomplished what it is you, you wanted to accomplish? Because that builds rapport, builds a connection, and also um, sends the message that you can do this. I believe one of the things that holds students back as writers is their belief that it's too hard. I also don't think we accomplish much when we just get out there and go, reading is fun, writing is fun. Because honestly, I don't think writing is fun. I've written 14 books. I don't think it's fun. I'd rather do anything else. I'd rather go to the dentist than, than, than sit down and write. But I love having written. And it, I do believe that, that writing is power, that, that, that it's essential, that just the way we wouldn't not teach some students how to swim we need to teach all students how to write. It's unsafe not to be able to write. That's very powerful. And I would agree too. Writing is hard, but getting the writing done, much like exercise or anything else, we, we always feel better when, when we're done with it. So you've already given us a little bit of a glimpse into this kind of scaffolding and strategy that you provide for students to respond to one another's writing. Do you have other suggestions about how to help get students to be um, more thoughtful or more productive in that feedback process? Are there ways that um, you would get students to do that and um, fully engage to provide that genuine kind of feedback rather than just the, yeah, I like it and let's move on. Are there other tips or strategies you might have? Nobody has made up more peer editing worksheets than I have in my life. <laughs> file cabinets full of them and they just kept getting longer and longer and they still didn't accomplish what I hoped to accomplish and so where how I evolved it, it was to before students in any way whether it's electronically or pieces of paper exchange papers the writer has to ask a question the writer has to give that 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 peer uh some direction i'm looking for this i need that help me this this section sucks you know some di direction because um otherwise it's futile the other thing that i think was a, a an epiphany for me was recognizing the extent to which the benefit is 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 on both sides, that students who learn how to respond to someone else's writing are actually becoming better writers than themselves. I saw this, you know, working as yearbook editor for 26 years, and those students who were the very 
best in providing feedback, we're also the best writers. And it, 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 it cements, it, it, it strengthens, it, it fortifies their own understanding of what makes good writing. So it's not just, I have to do this for somebody else and it's kind of an altruistic investment uh, of a student's time, but it really is going to help them be better writers themselves. That's wonderful to hear. And I really appreciate the, this thread of inquiry that moves back and forth between the teaching, the conferencing, teaching students how to provide feedback to one another. That's wonderful. Well, you know, it, Troy, um, learning how to write isn't a one and done thing. Uh, it, there's no point at which now I know how to write. I, it, it, it is possible for anybody for however long they've been written to write really, really badly. And so it, it, it is an ongoing um, journey that, that, that we're on. And that too, I think, is something that we don't, we, we don't realize how we don't teach students that. We, we, we create Annie A student and she knows how to do this and most of you don't. And that in really, I mean, to go back to your example of exercising, <laughs> you stop <laughs> exercising and uh, you, you lose the, some of what you had, had gained. The same thing is true in, in writing, that those writing muscles can just grow slack. Mm. Yes, absolutely. So let's think then about how you as a writer keep those muscles strong. Uh, what are the things that uh, fuel you? Know, knowing that writing is hard, uh, but knowing that it's great when it's done, um, can you think of a word or a phrase or just an idea or a mantra that helps move you forward as a writer? Last year, one year ago, I was so frustrated because as I traveled around the country, all I kept seeing were teachers wringing their hands over students today, all they want to do is play Fortnite, they're on their phones, and they're not reading anymore. And so I felt absolutely a sense of urgency that I needed to write this book about, you know, the book in question, why and how reading is in crisis in order to talk about, there's a lot we can do as teachers. And, and so I think that, that having a reason to write, having a purpose to write, having a sense of urgency. I, I, I wrote that book in maybe six weeks, eight, eight weeks, because I had so much to say and I, and, and I wanted to say it right now for this, this audience. And I think that that's what propels uh, writers best is a reason to write. Absolutely. And so as you think about um, what you do and uh, what your day-to-day -day work looks like right now, how do you keep this, well, I wanted to say propulsion for lack of a better term, or this motivation, what, what happens for you on a day-to-day -day basis that helps uh, keep you moving forward and helps you in your work with other teachers? I think that, that, that um, staying involved in the teacher community, j just listening to people, uh, profes professional development isn't, 
you know, so now I provide a lot of professional development, but that doesn't mean I'm not still learning and, and reading books and, and having other folks like yourself, you know, steer me in a new direction. And that feels good. It, I don't think that, that uh, I don't think teaching writing is perfectible. I think that as every day, there are new challenges. You know, we have students writing on their phones. I could no more do that. I can't even see that well. Uh, but we need to think about this. I, I, I think about Marianne Wolf's new book, Reader Come Home, and how she talks about students having a biliterate reading brain, that they can both are fully uh, competent and confident in the digital world, and at the same time have that ability to slow down, to reflect, to, to do the deep reading. And I would, I would argue to be able to write, you need to slow down mm -hmm. in order to think through what it is you have to say in, in, in writing. And it's, it's not either or, it's and and both. Yes, yes. And I wonder if I might follow up with you, you of course mentioned the National Council of Teachers of English, NCTE, as one way to stay connected. Are there other um, online communities or face-to-face -face, uh, real world communities, I guess for lack of a better term, that, that you are connected with that um, help fuel you and uh, contribute to your own professional development as well? I wouldn't be who I am as a teacher, as a writer, as a person without the National Writing Project. And so, I mean, I really think that on uh, at, at the base, mm -hmm that they really have it right, that we, we need to return to that feeling of being a writer in order to be better teachers uh, of writing. I also participate a whole lot in Twitter because mm -hmm. somehow I, it gives me an, an amazing scan of the professional lands, landscape. I, I mean, today, today, you know, all kinds of things happen and sometimes those things make me mad sometimes those things make me excited and that gives provides fuel for the next blog post i might write or or something that i feel that maybe the next book i have to write that's wonderful well as always i certainly appreciate your time and your contributions to the field uh, Thank you for spending time with us today, Carol. Oh, thanks for all you do in this world, Troy. You're really making the difference. Writing Matters with Dr. Troy Hicks is a writable podcast. Discover more episodes and subscribe on your favorite streaming platforms. Or check out filmed episodes on YouTube. Writable offers more than 600 writing prompts and assignments with a range of feedback and assessment tools to help you build more purposeful, proficient writers. Learn more at writable.com.